and welcome to this autumn budget episode of SNW The Pulse Talking Tax podcast series. I'm Amy Jack, Head of National Tax at Smith & Williamson, and I'm joined by a number of tax experts who will provide you with the key highlights from the budget, which was announced on Wednesday the 27th of October, and we'll be discussing what the changes mean for you and your business. Talking about how the budget affects businesses, um, I'm joined by Becky Foley and Shuab Kumwa. And talking about the changes that impact individuals, we have Anthony Watling and Julia Rosenblum. So if you did watch the budget or you read much about it, I'm sure you will have seen that there were plenty of initiatives um, and ideas to rebuild the economy and encourage investment in the UK. And there were lots of announcements on spending. But overall, this budget was very light on tax announcements. And if we start with Becky, um, not a huge amount for businesses, but can you explain what what announcements there were in the budget that that impact businesses? Yeah, so there there were a few targeted measures. So this would include for some of the large property developers. They were aware that there was a uh, new residential property developer tax that was coming in. But the rate was confirmed at 4%, as that's 4% on profits in excess of uh, 25 million. Um, and then the cultural sector, they had um, a boost. Uh, there was some enhanced tax relief. Uh, so this included for museums, theatre and orchestra and, and the galleries exhibition relief. So they'll be have welcome extensions on their relief and some increases to their reliefs. But to be honest, there wasn't a great deal of new measures in the budget for companies. So given that, are there any other areas or any other points that, that, that might impact businesses that they should start thinking about now? So I think for my clients, a lot of them will still be dealing with some of the, uh, the points that came out of the spring budget. Um, so in that budget, we had a significant increase to corporation tax to 25%. Um, there are also some significant cat allowances uh, relief, so super deduction being one of the key ones, which is uh, enhanced 130% additional relief. So, yeah, my clients are still sort of planning if they've got significant capital projects considering um, the timings of expenditure, whether if they've got some projects in the pipeline, modelling the impact of the super production, the annual investment allowance has uh, been confirmed as well, that it'll stay at a million pounds until 2023, April 2023. And, and just planning timing of expenditure, knowing that your uh, corporation tax is going to increase 25% in April 23. You know, that's is the headline significant stuff that's going to be in their kind of in their minds when they're planning. There's also maybe just some of the wider tax environment to consider. So we we just know obviously tax authorities need to recoup money. There'll be pressures on them to kind of identify additional revenue. So we, we are expecting um, an increase in challenges from tax authorities. Uh, so areas such as transfer pricing, uh, we know there'll be more questions for businesses. Thanks, Becky. In terms of other future changes, there are also announcements um, on the research and development side um, for R&D tax relief. Shuab um, Kunwa is joining us as well today. Can you explain a bit about um, what those changes might mean for businesses, please? Hello, everyone. I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking through the latest updates to the R&D tax regime, as mentioned in the Chancellor's budget on the 27th of October. Um, To start with the positives, it is great to see that from 1st of April 2023, cloud and data computing costs will be classed as eligible expenditure for R&D tax claims. 
This is something that we as R&D tax advisors have been lobbying for a while as R&D activities regularly take place within public cloud environments. And in this sense, cloud hosting costs are similar to software licenses that is both enable the R&D activities to take place. This will ultimately have a positive impact for companies who, for example, are in the process of migrating their applications and services from on-premise to public cloud, such as AWS or Azure, and have to subsequently overcome security limitations due to the sensitivity of their data set and structure. Previously, these companies would have claimed for staff costs incurred on resolving the technological challenges, but will now also be able to include the related cloud hosting costs as the environment in which the R&D is taking place. On a less positive note is the intention for the regime to focus on UK R&D activities only. Traditionally, this has been one of the greatest advantages of the UK regime, that is businesses were able to claim for externally provided workers or subcontracted activities incurred overseas. For example, development hubs that existed in India, Romania, Singapore, or anywhere else um, in the world. The potential impact of this will only be known when further details are received from the government later this year. The government have also announced plans to tackle abuse of the regime and improve compliance. This has been a strategic government objective for several years now, and HMRC have been exploring ways to manage the spiraling cost of the UK R&D regime and balance encouraging business innovation whilst delivering value for money to the taxpayer. This should generally be viewed as a positive step by the government for our clients, as it should lead to a more efficient claim process over the next few years. The only caveat being we hope this does not unduly add to the administrative burden for genuine claimants. If there are any questions on what I've covered or more generally on the R&D tax regime, then please do not hesitate to get in touch with me. Thank you. Thanks, Joab um, and Becky. And similar for individuals, um, not many announcements on the tax side, which for some I think was quite surprising, particularly given that there's lots of speculation around IHT reform and changes to capital gains tax. Um, but can I now move on to Anthony um, and Julia? What should individuals be thinking about now following the budget? Well, as, I mean, as, as Becky's already said, the, the budget was fairly light on, on tax changes. And I mean, for me, the, the most interesting thing about the budget was what was not said. So we had lots of expectations around capital gains tax and inheritance tax in particular, and, and nothing, nothing came out on either of, either of those things. But I think what we probably are expecting is that something will happen in the future on, on both of those things. The budget was very much a, a spending announcement for the most part, and those things are going to have to be paid for. We've already got a lot of things that have happened over the course of the last 18 months to, to support businesses and individuals in respect to the, the COVID pandemic. So we are going to have to see something, I think. So I think Auntie and I will, would probably like to say a few things about what we might see in the future and, and in particular what, what people should be thinking about. Perhaps before we do that, just, just a quick word on, on the corporation tax increase insofar as it affects private clients. There's obviously been, we know from, we know from the last budget that there's going to be a, an increase in the corporation tax rate to 25% from April 2023. And a number of our clients have family investment companies, which is a, it, it's, a it's an investment wrapper which people use that often sits alongside pensions, ISAs, and, and all that kind of thing. And the corporation tax increase will, infect, will affect private clients who have got these family investment companies or FICs. 
because that 25% rate will apply to those companies. And that's irrespective of the level of profit. The 25% increased rate will only apply to profits over £250,000, but it will apply to all family investment companies. Two things that I would add to that, which are which very much water down what, what sounds like a very harsh message there. The first one is that where a fig holds property and has rental income, that increase in the corporation tax rate will not apply or rather it will only apply if profits exceed £250,000. So that's one important message to, to give out to everyone. The second one is that at the moment, dividends are essentially tax-free when they are received by companies for the most part, and they will continue to be tax-free for the most part, even after the rate goes up. So although I think that's an important change that private clients are aware of, I don't think it's as bad as as maybe some people might think. So I think it's important that people understand that. Anthony, what what are your thoughts? I mean, we've sort of, we've we've chatted about this, about capital gains tax, inheritance tax. What's, What's your view on what might happen in the future? Yeah, thanks, Julia. I mean, before, I guess before going on to the future, I think my take on the budget, very much like yours, is that there wasn't a huge amount announced. But if you think about the announcements over the last 12 months with um, the freezing of the personal allowance and annual exemption, other other rates, um, and the announcement just before the budget of the um, health and social care levy and the increase the dividend rate, so the additional one and a quarter percent on national insurance contributions, as a package, that, that does impact individuals, um, you know, and you're right, there is going to be a lot of spending that's been announced. And we were expecting slightly more in terms of tax increases to fund it. But the measures that have been announced with the personal allowance and the health and social care, we do provide you know, quite a significant additional revenue for the Chancellor. But you're right, we were expecting more. And there have been speculation about capital gains tax and inheritance tax reform from even before COVID, I think. There's been a view, if you think of some of the publications by the Office of Tax Simplification, for example, that some of these capital taxes are due to be reformed substantially. And every year we expect something to be announced and it hasn't happened yet. But I think that means it's not going to happen. I think all we we now know is that we've had a stay of execution, if you like, and we still expect there could well be changes to the capital gains tax regime, whether that's a, a rate increase or whether it's changes to some of the reliefs. And for inheritance tax, again, we could well see um, you know, changes to business property relief, for example, changes to the way that some assets are currently effectively exempt from inheritance tax. Yeah, that relief could be taken away. It could be um, uh, adjusted in some way. And, and the other thing that we, we often uh, read about pretty much it before every budget is you know, how pensions are taxed. Um, could there be change to um, the relief that people receive for their pension contributions or changes to the um, the, the IHT treatment of pensions, for example? So I think there's, there's a lot of things which are still unclear and there's lots of uncertainty. Uh, and I think it's very hard you know, for clients to think about what might happen. You might read the budget and just think, actually, that hasn't affected me, therefore there's nothing I need to do. The message to our clients is that you know, it's still well worth reviewing your affairs, considering you know, what might the implications to you be if some of these changes were introduced. Yeah, and, and interestingly, I mean, I I think that one of the one of the biggest indicators for me that that the capital gains tax rate will go up 
is because the corporation tax rate is going up. So I think there are a lot of people who who have taken a big sigh of relief and, and are thinking it's not going to go up because it hasn't. And we've had all these reports that have come out from the Office of Tax Simplification and some extra sort of government bodies um, and nothing's happened. But the corporation tax rate is never higher than the personal tax rate. So in less than two years' time, as matters stand, we'll have a corporation tax rate that is higher than the standard rate of personal capital gains tax, so 20% for most assets other than residential property. So so for me, that's a huge red flag that the capital gains tax will go up because it has to be higher than corporation tax. That's what history shows. So there's certainly a lot of conversations that that I know both of us have been having with clients around preparing for what could be an increase in capital gains tax. And that might be that might be accelerating gains. So if somebody's thinking of selling a an asset, a business, a property, whatever it is, if they're thinking of selling it in in the next year or so, they might want to think about doing it sooner rather than later. So I think those sorts of discussions and, and those sorts of, of plans should continue. I don't, I, see, I don't see the budget as a, as a reprieve from that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think also, you know, not just selling assets, but for people thinking about kind of their, their family um, wealth and succession and how to, to pass wealth through the generations. Again, I think you know, given there could be increase in capital gains tax rates and potentially changes in how gifts are treated from a tax perspective. Um, you know, it's conversations I'm having with my clients along the lines of, you know, if you're thinking of doing these things or if you're ten- intending to do these things, it's better to think about doing them sooner rather than later. I think the, 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 the downside of delaying could well be that the tax rates are going to increase. I can't see that they're going to decrease anytime soon. So yeah. taking action today, you know what the tax consequence is going to be. You know the tax environment in which you're operating. Delaying unnecessarily, I think you're putting yourself into a, into an area of uncertainty and, and yeah. I can't see the rates coming down, to be frank. No, I think that's right. And and I, I have talked to a lot of, of business clients at the moment who are pretty concerned about direction that the traffic might take in this respect. And and for, for business owners, all of the tax issues that we've been talking about, the, the, the capital gains tax, the business asset disposal relief, the, the business disposals at the, the 10% rate, the business property relief, all of that kind of stuff is all going to play in there. So if somebody's thinking of selling their business, then they've got to worry about what's happening to the capital gains tax rates. If somebody's thinking about cascading their business down to the next generation, whether on death or or during lifetime, then inheritance tax and business property relief is going to come into play, potentially capital gains taxes as well if they're cascading it during lifetime. So um, certainly a a lot of those discussions are, are very much around really have a think about what you want to be doing with your business with your asset with your real estate whatever it is have a really careful think about what you want to do in the short to medium term and then let's just think about what the tax regime might look like in a year or so potentially even in six months we may have another budget in march 2022 so there isn't there isn't much there isn't much time to plan before we sit down again in a, in a short while and maybe have a very different conversation to the one that we're having today one where we are talking to people about oh my goodness the the capital gains tax rate is just aligned with income tax oh my goodness they've they've just abolished potentially exempt transfers so 
these are serious conversations that, that we all need to be having, I think. Thanks, Julia. Um, and thanks also, Anthony, Becky and Shuab for all your insights on this. Um, it does sound like although there's not much announced at the budget this time, we, we might still see changes in, in the near future. And there's still quite a lot for both businesses and individuals to think about now. We'll be back again next month with, with another episode. But if you do have questions about this episode, please get in touch at podcast at smithandwilliamson.com. Also, please subscribe to our regular tax insights and articles through the links in the episode show notes. And thank you all very much for listening. This SW The Pulse podcast is of a general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice. No responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of Smith & Williamson or any of its affiliates. No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast we accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned. Tax and government legislation that is prevailing at the time is subject to change without notice and depends on individual circumstances. Clients should always seek appropriate tax advice before making decisions.